should have had ad libs. Should have ad libs. Yeah, I was waiting for y'all to come in. That's why I stopped. I can't speak and do the beat. I ain't got that much concentration. So, I'm going to start the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Damn, sorry, my bad. Whoops. So, good morning, good evening. No, uh, y'all got me messed up. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're now tuned into the Sean Soapbox. And today we have a very special episode because the studio is packed today. It is supremely packed with some incredible people here. I got, well, they can introduce themselves. Oh, my name is Ugonna Zumayigwe. I am Ellie Kamdodor. My name is Austin Mother. Pleased to meet you. <laughs> Such a sweetheart. <laughs> so, um, we got y'all in the studio. And, like, honestly, I wasn't planning on this because, like, usually it's like an interview question and answer. But honestly, we could just talk, honestly, because y'all kind of brought in y'all own crazy energy. I ain't trying to mess that up. So, y'all was talking about was it sex on the first date? Yes. That shit has me so yeah. fucking upset. Like, why? Why? It's a lie. Why are so, you lying to me? So y'all have some opinions about, like, fixing bad sex. So do you feel, so, like, does communication matter? Yes, communication it, always matters. It's like, so important. That's key. Yes, communication is key. But communication is the only thing that can make sex <clears throat> bad sex. Wait, what? Like. <laughs> what? <laughs> A lack of communication isn't the only thing that can, like, make bad sex bad sex. Like, bad sex is more than just a lack of communication. Let's speak more to that. What do you mean? Like, if you have some physical uh, inabilities. Your dick's small. <laughs> no, but <laughs> <you're> <laughs> being We just being real honest with y'all. Like, no, like, if you one pump jump, like, you can't, there's some stuff that can't be fixed. A quickie. That's like a limit, and you got to understand that, and I feel like you have to improvise with that overcome. Right. But then, additionally, like... I don't know, internalize, like, misogyny and, like, the way that sex is taught and the way, like, men are taught about sex and the way, like, compared to that women are taught about sex and, like, the roles that they're supposed to play in these things. If a man is convinced that, like, him having sex, the sole point of him having sex is for him to come, not for the woman to come, he doesn't care. Like, there's nothing that you could ever tell him that's going to change that. He's going to keep using your body as a means of him to essentially jack off. On that topic of, like, how, like, girls and, let me correct myself, males and females are taught differently I was, I was always interesting for me because I grew up with only sisters, so I only saw the female perspective of what we were taught. So I never really learned what guys were taught because I didn't have any brothers or, like, the way, oh, sex was taught to them this way. I had to find out through, like, the streets. I'm like, what the fuck? Who told y'all that's how it is or, like, that's what you can do and shit? I was just like, y'all need to relax. So it's the only male in the room. Austin wants to say something. Well, the second male in the room. I'm going to be real with y'all. They ain't teach us shit. Like, they were just like, I remember middle school, my it was our PE teacher, and that's when I knew from the jump that this won't gonna be accurate. Like as a kid, like he had like a wooden dildo and he just put it, he just plopped it up there. <laughs> <laughs> no motherfucking wooden dildo. This shit was wooden, and that's one thing I was confused about. At least about. y'all got a dildo. Like, hey, we had a gonna, banana. My thing is we had nothing. My thing is I was like, Ain't you gonna get a splinter from that? <laughs> that's my first thought. That that was your first concern, bro. That was my first concern. <laughs> Like, I already knew. You can't... My thing is, learning about sex is kind of inescapable now. Like, it was already inescapable at that point because I already had access to the internet and a cell phone. Like, literally everything is at the touch of my fingertips. And one of the most popular uh, things that is used on the internet is porn. So... Austin, when you when you take, like, a sex education class, like, what grade? I want to say seventh grade. So You had a cell phone then, like smartphone and stuff no not a smartphone i had like a little flip phone but i had a computer 
Okay, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, my homeboys had a computer. But (laughs) basically, I mean, at that point in time, they were just like, all right, like, this is what you do. You know, not having sex is the best way to not have an STD. And I feel like they just try to scare us. They didn't really try to teach necessarily, but just kind of scare you out of having sex instead of educating you on what it is. And then I feel like sex education is generalized to the point where it's just like, we just want you to be healthy and safe. It's not, oh, about pleasure and the other intangibles. They like they just don't care, unfortunately. And also in society, a lot of men grow up and it's just like, all right, like I'm in it for my nut and nobody else. Like They got black Air Force One energy and I just... He said, "By Air Force <laughs> That's that's what they got. Wait, so to that question, to the question, he was like, "Oh, would you have se- would you have sex on the first date?" Hell yeah. Um, Elkin, would you have first sex on the first date? I feel like it depends on the date and what's going on. I'm not gonna. So that's a yes. It depends. So that's a yes. Uh, is it yes or no? Not, no, my thing is like not every first date. I'm like, wow, yeah. If she didn't say every first date, she said, "Would you? Would you like?" I mean, yes. Exactly. There we go. Again, I do understand it's like variables. It There's yeah. levels to this shit. But some people like enter, they're like, oh, after this date, I know I'm about to smash. And I think that's different. Like expecting sex out of the first date. And like, I, I think that's different than like being open to it. I feel like my, I wouldn't per se because my experiences were very different. First off, I don't really date. So therefore, like, I don't really go out with a lot of people. So therefore, I don't really know what I would do. But, like, from the stance where I am, I would say, no, I wouldn't have sex on a first date. But, like, my perspective is really different because of the way I grew up. So, shit like that. So, mine's is different because, like, <clears throat> I've gotten to be, like, kind of older. So, it's just kind of, like, from experience, like, I learned, like, sex on the first date is just not that good. At my particular state, I am in life. At Austin's state of life, it's just, like, that's different. But my state of life being more mature, just like, and I ain't know this. <laughs> I ain't know this. All I'm right. just saying, like, me maturing as for myself, maturing for myself, I statements, you know. Me maturing as myself, I learned just like sex on the first date doesn't really do nothing for you. Doesn't make the connection better. Doesn't really like, you feel like you're making connection, but you're not because at the end of the day, you don't know this person for nothing. And especially when you like, you, on the first date, you just establishing like, surface level things so you just have an idea of a person you don't know that person for nothing like so you basically having sex with like the idea of that person you're not even really having sex with the person you just like trying to get to the bedroom so when it comes to that i'm just like that don't really do nothing for me i kind of agree because like for me i really want to make sure if i for the person i'm gonna have sex with that they're willing to listen to what i have to say because like i know from like the experiences i've had in life I need that person to, like, be able to, if I tell them to stop or, like, we need to slow down or something, I need to make sure that person will listen to me. And I just, like, I don't feel like that would have happened by the first date. But that's just for me. I feel like it's based off the assumption that, like, (coughs) prior to the first date that y'all don't know each other or have hung out. And so for me, like, to even get a first date with me, like, we had to have chilled before. Like, we had to have, like, I have to know you and be aware. And so I feel like, no, but that's also important, like, I don't know, the other person being aware, because it can be potentially hazardous, especially, like, so for me personally, like, past traumas, like, can present themselves in sex. And so, like, I'm not going to have sex with someone that I feel like couldn't handle that in that situation. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, I can never, I can't be like, oh, 
my trauma gonna jump out at like this time. Like you never know when that shit's gonna jump out. Exactly. So like that's what I'm saying. Like in order for you even to get to the first day with me, I have to trust you enough to like enter this space with you. And so that same trust is applicable to if we had sex on the first date. Yeah, I agree. That's another reason why I don't have sex on the first date is you don't know what people are carrying. And that's not a bad thing, but you have to be able to handle that and, like, be able to, like Elkham said, kind of, like, know that you'll understand who that person is before you, like, jump into something like that. Because once you have sex, like, there's no going back. So once you do the act, whatever happens, happens. So you got to be, like, take as much precaution. I find it interesting, Elkham, that you said something that kind of, like, this assumption that you don't know each other before the first date. And you were right. Like, people do assume that. I even assume that when I just said what I said. But, like, is that kind of like a pre-dating process? Like, before you get to the date, you got to do this pre-dating process? That's how, is, are you screening? That's how you yeah, screen? I kind of do, like, a screening process. Like, okay. I feel like, I don't know. To me, going out in public and then, like, the space with someone that I don't know could be potentially, I don't know, just weird and, like, hazardous. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't like going places with people and just being, I don't know. I just want to go and be comfortable and, like, that space that I'm in. So, yeah, I do screen, like, I'm going to have to know you relatively well before you can even ask me on the date. I don't be going on dates with, like, strangers because I'll be scared. Yeah. So, so the friend zone doesn't exist for you? No, the friend zone, def- it, okay, it doesn't <laughs> exist for me. It exists for them because, like, sometimes people, like, pretend to be my friend because they want something out of me. And so the friend zone exists to them. But, like, to me, you were always my friend. So, no, the friend zone does not exist to me. But to other niggas who had other intentions. <laughs> oh, she put me in the friend zone. But, like, they never said a chance in the beginning. Yeah. Is that type uh, of when You was talking about, like, oh, when you're, like, dating, you go through, like, this screening process. Yeah. Do you find it, like, kind of hard to stick with that? Because, like, oh, like, this person make me feel like, oh, I could just go ahead and do this with them. But then you're just like, no, it hasn't been, I haven't gone through, like, my full screening process with them. It's not, like, a checklist, per se. I think it depends on the person and, like, I don't know, the instant, like, relationship that you have with people because, so you know me. Like, when I initially meet you, if I feel like something is wrong, I'm never going to give you the time of day, like. She never, you're never not going to know what's going on. Like, if I meet you and I feel like you're a shitty person or, like, you're, I don't know. If I feel like, this sounds dumb, but if the vibes are off, I would not even give you the time of day. So, like, you're not even going to get, I guess, to the screening process. Like, in the screening process, like, when you initially meet someone, you could, like, it's just different feelings. Like, it depends on person to person. So, it's not like I have a checklist. Like, I need to know X, Y, and Z. Yeah. It's like a comfort level that you have with that person. And then that, like, extends to, like, how the screening process flows. Okay, so it's back. Okay. That last little bit started going out. And I was like, <laughs> but it was all good stuff. So yeah, when it comes to your like screening process, I learned like just as a dude, like I, I learned I didn't really have like a screening process like that because just as men we talk differently, just kind of like go with what the woman wants. I'm not sure Austin, you can speak to that too. What go with what the woman wants? Like as far as like, well, I guess I'm talking more like checklists as far as like boundaries and different things like that. Like oh well yeah definitely, like when I say that I would have sex on the first night. Like Elikum, there is a. Screen. You said the first night. First day. Hold up, you know what I mean. You know I know what you mean. I mean. I mean. Anyway, <laughs> as I was saying, yes, there. I feel like for me, uh, 
I I don't want to make this sound like a bad, but I have standards. I have certain like I have to make sure, and not in like okay, young physical, man. but like Talk in a, in a sense of like emotional like competence and whatnot. Because if I'm giving my like, you're not just giving yourself to me. I'm giving myself to you. You and you have to understand that sex is like a mutual thing. It's not just like her just giving up. Her like I'm giving like physically giving myself up to you and emotionally. There is an emotional connection that can be attached with that. And at the end of the day, I have to make sure that you are competent enough to understand that. And also, I have to enjoy your presence, too, in my opinion. Like, I just, if I don't enjoy your presence, there's no point. Point blank, period. You talk about emotional competence. Like, how do you assess that? How do I assess emotional competence? I feel like, for one, emotional competence is more or less, per se, you being able to understand that there are some things that you may never understand at the like for other people because people have their own set of boundaries, own set of experiences and past traumas that they have to live with and grow with as people. And so it's like a everyday learning process, not just for you to understand their like their traumas and their own emotional problems, but they have to constantly learn and build and evolve off of that and kind of, like, evolve from it. Like, it's always going to be with you, but I don't really... That's what that's how I view emotional competence, basically. Just you having... Being able to constantly learn and accepting that. Like, you may never know everything, but you're going to keep on trying. Well said, young man. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I mean, I really honestly don't know how to follow that up other than, like, I've learned, like, also with, like, emotional competence. It goes with, like, <clears throat> learning, like, your partner in the sense of, like, learning their uh, habits. And a important part is to not to personalize your partner's habits, even if it does affect you, even though that's a hard lesson because it's just, like, they do affect you. But, like, those are their habits that they built through their experiences and that's just something you got to communicate. Like, hey, this is how your stuff is affecting me, you know, and we can just navigate that from there. Did want to move this conversation past, like, you know, relationships and sex to talk about the Nubian message. Because hey. <laughs> besides Austin, everyone is here is involved <laughs> in the Nubian message. Yeah. You can also chime in, Austin. Don't feel like... No, go ahead. Speak your, speak your truth. What you want to ask us about Nubian? I mean, what like what's how's it feel to be a part of the Nubian level? Let's talk about the like the experience because like a lot of people don't know like they all the don't, they, they don't, don't know the struggle we've been going be grinding, through. They be grinding like for <sighs> real. And don't. Let, let's talk about the struggle real yeah. quick. So I mean, so like my path to Nubian, it was just I knew Keila because I've been going to her dad's church. Shout out Keila Davis. Keila the best. I fucking Keela love her. I love best. her. Like, huh? I love Keila, but yes, I just met Keila. She was like, "Yeah, I do this thing. You should come." And so I came, and I was just learning. So we had some technical difficulties, and we had to stop the podcast for a bit and restarted. Uh, some mics, uh, Elkham's mic wasn't working too well. So this is the restart of the podcast. Thank you for your patience. Also, don't forget to share this on your on your social medias. Okay. <laughs> is it working now? Yeah. <laughs> okay, but where should I start from? <laughs> um, just start from the beginning. Just start from the beginning. Okay, so yes. So, well, the beginning, beginning, yeah. So I knew Keila, 
She's like a role model. So I was like, wow, if Kiwa can do it, I can do it. So I, like just, I just went. And she was like, "There's what do you want to do? And I had no idea what I wanted to do. I wasn't really like interested in being a writer. I don't consider myself a writer. I consider myself a poet, which is awkward. But anyways. But that's a writer, though. I know. So it's weird. Anyways. Um, Kiwa was like, learn InDesign. And so I, we were just learning InDesign. And... We worked for free from September to December. Like, we worked for free. We finished yes, our correspondency. We, we worked for free. So I don't want anyone to ever question my loyalty to this paper. That's why, with that saying we worked for free for, th- like, three months, that just shows, like, for you to work for Nubian, you have to love Nubian. Because you're going to go through some shit, and you'll be like, why am I even doing this? But it's your love for Nubian that yes. keeps you there. My experience was a little different. I didn't know Kila beforehand. But I, I remember I was in I was at Campus Connections, What's it called now? Student Involvement Fair? Student Involvement Fair. A student Involvement Fair. And I saw the Nubian table, and Keila was like, oh, you should definitely come through, because I was just trying to figure out things on campus. I didn't know anything at NC State. So I gave them my email. And then I had um got this email, and she was just like, oh, we're looking for layout designers. I was just like, I've never done it, but like, if it's a way for me to get involved in this paper that seems really good, I want to do it. So I reached out to her. I remember I was really nervous, because I was just like, I'm and not I remember a, we had, I had texted you. I was like, uh, girl, you finna do this? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because I was like really nervous. Because I'm, like, I'm not a communications major, and that's what I assumed I had to I be. I thought y'all were graphic design majors when I first walked in the office. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. We're doing the damn thing, but like we are nowhere in that realm like at all. At all. Tell me like now I'm double majoring in math and STS, which is science, technology, and society. I'm a biology major. Like it's not like something I'm learning in school. Yeah. So, like, when I was told that, okay, we need this, I was just like, okay, I'm going to do this, but I don't know what do. I'm doing at all. They can do. Literally. So, like, every step was, like, a learning process because I was continuously finding things that I didn't know or, like, oh, I wanted to do this, but I didn't know how to do it because right. we didn't know what we were doing when we first started. So, yeah. That's all. I remember when I first walked in and saw y'all two kids. Y'all kids. <laughs> y'all kids for real. Y'all kids. Y'all kids. Like, I remember, like, being so happy to see y'all because, like, Y'all don't know, like, before y'all got there, like, the stress. Because, like, Keela had to do it in design. Because, like, I didn't know it. And I wasn't trying to learn. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't trying to learn. And so, Keela had to do in design. And it was just, like, it was crazy. But, like, when y'all got there, like, the Nubian just, like, it just got such, to be such a better place. Also, y'all brought in, like, just the African element to it. Because yeah. I remember so many times, <laughs> like, <laughs> so many times, I would just be learning just by listening to y'all conversation. Not like I was trying to eavesdrop because, you know, it's... Yeah, we just be talking. We, yeah. we just be talking. I feel like real. with the Nubian office, I'm just, I'm so open. I'm willing to talk yeah. about anything in there. And also because we're there like mad late. Once it gets past midnight, we talking about any and everything. Like, everything. It don't matter. <laughs> Literally. It really does not matter. Right, mm-hmm. the jokes be fine. Though. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> right, like, people don't understand, like, the amount of love that goes into that paper, yeah. like, like I told, heart and soul is in this. Paper. I told somebody the other day that I worked twelve hours straight for Nubian and I got paid twenty dollars. They said what? So we're getting paid about like a dollar and some change an hour, and I covered the protest. Then from the protest, I went to go build the paper. We saying until six a.m. Like that. W- I worked for twelve hours, and that's what I'm talking about. Like. You have to love it. Yes. Because, like, if you if I didn't love what I was doing, I'm not work- for I wouldn't a dollar do and some that. change an hour. Like, I make more than that working at my desk job. Like, literally. No. Yeah. But I love this paper, and I, like, sometimes it can be difficult, especially, like, with the protests, like, being there and wanting to be on the front lines, like, having to pull myself back in and be like, my job is just as equally as important as those people who have the megaphone. Like, mm. it's on us to, like, fairly report this. Yeah. Because if, 
if it's not us, then who is it going to be that's going to give these people the coverage that they're supposed to be? Because, like, yeah. people were talking to you, like, the difference between the way that Nubian covered the protest versus the technician covering the protest. Mm-hmm. And, like, just small differences like that. And, like, people in these marginalized communities seeing people in positions who are looking for them and actively wanting to seek out their perspectives. But at the same time, like, some of these niggas aren't reading to the technician. They're reading the newbie message. Like, we're the only way they're getting this knowledge. So, like, it's on us. And it's like, I don't know. It's just like, it's pressure, but at the same it's like good pressure. Like, oh, my job is as important. Like, these niggas need me. Yeah, I remember, like, I was actually in the event for Laura Trump. I don't remember. Turning Points event. I was in that event. And what really kept me, like, because if people know me, I state my opinion and everyone knows what I'm thinking. But when I was in that event, I had to remind myself that I needed to be like people couldn't see what I like right. wanted to say. I needed to make sure that I recorded this so people who were writing could go back and clearly see what was being said at that event. And it was I told that like Yesenia after I got out, of that was one of the most emotionally hardest things I've ever had to do in my life because the things that I was hearing that I could not comment on because I wanted to make sure that people got the complete view of what they were saying and not what I had to, what I thought on what was being right. said. Well, you ain't so got to do hard. that here. So like, what did you hear? Literally someone right beside me said, get all the niggers out of here. And I couldn't say anything because they, they saw my press bag. They knew I was for Nubian and I'm pretty sure they knew I wasn't going to say anything. Cause like I'm on the job. They see me. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> they saw me like recording, taking photos, doing social media type things. So they knew I wasn't going to say anything. They saw me walking around because I was trying, I was going all over there trying to get different angles, talk to different people. I was interviewing the different people there. And just the different things that they were saying. I remember like during the Q&A, oh, the Q&A part, I, it was hard. Because when, when they, especially when they started talking about immigration, and that's such a touchy subject with me because like my parents are immigrants. And like to hear their opinions on what they had to say, not only like they were talking such hateful things to people like someone had asked like oh what about the children of immigrants who are legally born in america which is what i am he was like get them the fuck out of here that's what they were saying we don't want any of them so you're telling me even though i'm a fucking citizen i need to leave too and like i couldn't say nothing i couldn't do anything in there that sounds painful honestly like i hear the pain in that not being this like it feels like you got the silence yourself when you hear things that are just wrong and very just unjust mm-hmm. it's just unjust because the thing is it's like as a person who was born in like in this country as a citizen to hear that about your not just identity but like how you came into being into this country and for people to tell you to get the fuck out of your own home exactly like it was <laughs> like, crazy it's crazy and for me it's just like i never understood the hate towards in- immigrants because who's gonna work the jobs that nobody else wants to do like that's just my whole thing. Yeah, immigrants are some of the hardest working people. Some of the hardest working people I've ever met in my life. Like when I tell you like the story of my parents, just from like what I've seen, my dad worked multiple jobs, was homeless. He did it because he wanted his education. He could have gone back to Nigeria if that's what he wanted to do, and he would have made it there. But he struggled and he suffered. Because he came here to get something, and he wasn't leaving till he got it. Exactly. And so when I hear them say all this shit about immigrants, I'm just like, do you know, like, you, whatever you're doing will never compare to what they're doing. Not only do they have to prove to you that they deserve to be there, the people who suffered back home to send them here in the first place, they're still trying to prove to them that it was worth it. Because when they say those things about immigrants, 
I'm just like, I don't ever understood why you can hate people for no nothing. Because they're, they're working here. They're working to make America better because everything, whatever they like, like whatever you're thinking or not, they're working in America. So everything they're doing is benefiting America in some way. And I don't understand why you're saying, oh, they're just messing up our country. But if you look at the jobs they're taking and the work that they're doing, how are they messing up your country? That's pure facts. Uh, Elika, we got anything to add to that? I mean, I think it's more of like people just fear what they don't know or don't understand. And so there's not really anything I don't, I can't, I don't try to like rationalize racist or like, like I just, I, I can't rationalize hatred. Hmm. Well said. Um, well, let's talk about, let's get back to the love of Nubian. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, I remember like Nubians provided like such a community for me and like I'm not sure like I'm pretty sure it's like that for y'all like did y'all speak to like the community that we have mm. over at the Nubian yeah I mean so especially with Uganda so I met her because my mom made me talk to her and you know I was hold up 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 break that down before you make it even seem like somebody wanted to speak to you please it's because when you when Africans see each other we're always just like look look at that African over there so therefore, her mom heard my mom speaking our late language to me, and that's when she was. Her mom says like, "Oh, come and speak to her." You know what this girl told me when she first met me? I didn't want to speak to you. My mom made me. I was like, "Bitch, get out of here! I don't even want to speak to you anymore." And that's how we started. You was rude as hell. Yes. And, like I, I knew it from the joke, but like that. Why would you say that? Well, hey, listen, listen. <laughs> In my defense, I didn't want this girl to think I was coming over there because I was trying to be her friend or nothing. No, I was coming over there because my mama made me come in like, I was just doing what I had to do to get through moving day. Like, it wasn't willing. And I just feel like I should be honest in all of the areas that I entered. So I just told her. (laughs) She told me. It's so funny when I tell people that's how we met. You say that, but that, I, I can see your ass saying that shit too. Like, just you over there talking about, I'm going to be real with you. Like, I don't even want to talk to you right now. Because that, that shit. Okay, but you know me. So does this I really do surprise you? It doesn't surprise like, me. But it's just like. Did you expect anything less of me? I didn't know you. No. Exactly. This was moving day. I'm like, I had never been on Instagram's campus. I didn't know you. Okay. But y'all know me now, so that's what I'm saying. It like, makes sense right. when I go back and I think about how we met. I know right. her well and enough so to you know. You know like, me well enough now. You're like, oh, that's Ellie. Come like, it won't me trying to be rude, me trying to be funny or nothing like that. It was just me like being honest in the situation. So keep in mind that's how we met, and not when we're going to Nubian. Right. And so then we get to Nubian. We're going through the struggle together, and like, man, Keila, she really threw us in that InDesign stuff. And like, it got to the point when Keila was like, I'm not answering your questions no more. So then we had to rely on each Hardest other. <laughs> like Keila was just like. Y'all figure like, it out. Y'all got each ask other. Ask your friend. Ask your, your friend. friend. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I, I feel like that communal struggle, like, we were in the office like, uh, how do you get the toolbar again? <laughs> like, <laughs> <a little> <laughs> like, how are you? Been? Oh, we the, was on Google, like, everything. Literally. Like, ask your friend. Ask your friend. <laughs> and so I feel like that alone, but just like, 
the fact that we really stay there, like, we be there till like, 3, 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m. in the morning, and, like... We spend hours And there's together. no way you can sit in there for hours and just talk about work. Like, Nubian is great, and, like, the content we cover is fantastic, but, like, we're people with, like, real interests outside of our work. Yeah. So, like, you just be talking about any and everything. Oh, what happened today? What happened last week? You go into church? You eat dinner? Like, what's your family like? You yeah. literally talk about any and everything because you spend so much time mm-hmm. with these people. And so it's, like, it's not fake. Like, you're kind of... You, I say, like, you're forced to get to know each other, but it's not like, oh, you don't want to. It's like, you're in this environment. Like, you're going to talk to each other. Right, and it's also because, like, everyone in this environment also cares about the paper, so it's not like, oh, they are up. We don't want to talk to them. Like, they're just here for a resume. No, yeah. Nubian is not no resume builder. Can page. we like, talk about that cannot... shit? I know so many people who be like, oh, I'm going to take mission because I want to do this, 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 this bullshit. <laughs> I'm like, no. no. We're here because we love this and we want to properly cover this and we have a passion for this paper and we have a passion for the community. Yes. Facts. So, like, Getting the here, message out there, that's what we were trying to do. I have a resume. Half the time, I don't even remember to put Nubian on my resume. Like, this is my life. <laughs> Like, this is not no part-time job. No, like, I put so much labor into this that, like, people ask me about Nubian, like, this is my heart and my soul. You know what was crazy? I was talking to Ellen, our advisor, the other day, and I was telling her these things I've been doing. She was just like, wait, you been, haven't been writing that on your page yet. I was like, I didn't know I could get paid for this. I just thought right, I had to do it. Some stuff be like, oh, well, we doing it. I thought that's, like, <laughs> Nubian like, needed it. You know? Needed it. I need to go do it because I'm part of Nubian. And then come to find out, I, I could have been getting paid for this. And that just shows, like, with Nubian, we're always trying to work to help each other. Like, if there's something that needs to be done, we're not just going to let it go. We're going to be like, okay, someone needs to go do it. I'm not I'm not a writer, but I'd be going to events and I'd be taking notes and bringing them back for people so that they can write stories, things like that. And stuff like that, I never thought about. <laughs> I never thought, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Why you sit down like that? Why you stop? You gotta be caught. What did you do? What did you do? Speak on it. Call my phone. He started name. Oh, sorry. Oh shit! I try to hear speak about newbie. Talk about somebody call her phone. No, he was on my phone like. Ooh. I, know, <laughs> well, I happened Ooh. to look and I glanced and I saw and her I, name oh. and I was like, <gasps> oh, interesting. And then uh, she just looked at me like this. Like, I was like, I don't even remember what I was talking about. It's crazy. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> right. But damn, we saw my community. Y'all being just ratchet, like <laughs> this is our community. We are a ratchet community, and that's what makes us beautiful. Okay? We are loud, and we don't care. We, we enter every room with our full black selves. Like, yes, it is okay, and that just makes our community great. Yes. Man, y'all making these levels go crazy. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. Like, <laughs> look at how high it is. Oh my God! I laughed if you sending it up there. Jesus, man. Oh my God, y'all are something else. I'm so glad I met y'all. I am too. I forgot how. How the hell? When was the first time we met? Like, I, I met you through Ellie. Come though. Yeah, I know you did, you but. But that's oh, very true. God, I don't really that's, talk. That's, to, that's not even. Me trying to shake that's not even I don't talk to people. I'm. Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm I have the people. I'm always out here interacting with people. And I'm like, oh, Uganda, please come to MSA today. <laughs> something like, come to the center, do something. And I'm like, oh, this is my friend. I met them, blah, 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 blah. And next thing you know, we're all friends. If you know me, I go to class, I go to work, 
and I do my word. I'm like I'm a very simple person. So like when it goes to like I see it's so bad because um she introduces me to a lot of people because if y'all know me it's one and two. We are always together in a lot of places that we go. Yeah. <laughs> the motto is when you see one you see two. Yes. <laughs> yes. So like I feel like she's the reason I I do a lot of the things that I do on campus because she's just like if you don't get your ass up and begin to go to this event with me or something or like oh I heard about this you need to go to do this because blah 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 and I feel like I got we got to that level because we worked at Nubian and we got to spend that much time together and it built a friendship on its own that where we're like oh outside of Nubian I would talk to her and I would speak to her and things like that and I do now that I'm really thinking about it. I do owe Nubian to the building of our friendship. A lot of shit happened in Nubian. I, a lot of arguments happened in Nubian. A lot of conversations happened in Nubian. When we say that, it's not like everything's happy, happy. No. Me and Ellie can be getting at it sometimes. No, like sometimes, some nights, I'm telling you, we was about to throw hands in that office and everyone's just looking at us like, <laughs> yes. do we intervene? Do, do like, we let them do them? What do we do? Like, though? me and Kim would be looking loud sometimes because, like, I hear a whole bunch of, I hear a Nigerian accent going off, like, and I'm trying to be on the computer, like, doing my work, and I'm just like, yes. But what's going I know on? That, like, one thing people always ask, they're just like, are y'all even really friends? We've been working on that, though. That, yeah. That's not, like, that's, for me, that's never been in question because, like, y'all always seem like y'all was friends, like, for me. Cause Some just, people like, don't understand humor yeah it's like how would you talk to your friend like that but also on that topic um about like friendship and like i knew me and elicom's dynamic of how we spoke to each other but i also respected what she said so when she came to me with an issue about something i had said it forced me to really think about it because not only did i like realize okay dang i really said some fucked up shit that time she Oh, I said some fucked up shit, but like, I know I said it, and then I'm just like, okay, she got a problem with that. I'm not gonna take it that far no more. But I still be coming at her, but it's in a place where like I've received what she said, and I feel reason. like, and I feel like a lot of people feel like we don't know each other's limits or we don't listen to each other at any point, and this, and that's just not it. Because that's why they're always like, are y'all even friends? Y'all always saying these things, but like, no. I respect her enough that when she came to me and told me that, I actually thought about it. And I texted her. I was just like, hey, my bad. I'm, if I took it too far that time. And I feel like people don't know that. Well, I feel like that's what most, like, the ideal friendship is, like, as a, like, in a holistic aspect. You can't really just be cookie cutter and, like, oh, everything's all sunshine and rainbows, like, all the time. Like, that... You only see that shit in cartoons. I'm going to be real with you. Like, it's not like Ed and Eddie. We're like, they just getting along, trying to get some jawbreakers or whatever. <laughs> jawbreakers. Like, that's what the goal was at Ed and Eddie. I never understood Bro, that. I tried jawbreakers. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I was really out there thinking, like, when I first, when I got my I first I thought that was crack. Like, <laughs> see, no, cause they made it so gigantic and, like, the most amazing thing ever. And I was like, bro, like... <laughs> It's the same shitty-ass flavor with, like, a different dye. Like, what are you doing? But, yeah, I feel like, for the most part, you have to have uh, arguments. And not not even in, like, because, for one, arguments shouldn't necessarily have a negative connotation to them all the time. I feel like you get your point across and views are seen and why you're so passionate about them come from arguments. That's the only way that you can really kind of see, like, the like kind of a more full emotional perspective from both sides and also like you like she had said you have to understand 
um for one like if your friend doesn't agree with what you said or what you said was you know some fucked up shit you gotta kind of grow and be like step back and like hey like i like i really said that and kind of realize like how should i move forward and how do i ingrain and train myself to think like okay like this is like i shouldn't say this because this is wrong and this is why it's wrong yeah I, it's good i can second that definitely because i feel like arguments is like a real testament towards a healthy friendship because arguments are a way for connection opportunities for connection because beforehand we was just surface level but through this argument i have a depth of knowledge of how passionate you are about a certain subject or a certain thing or if something hurts you, I understand, like, kind of like you as a person, like, why that hurts you. And so I feel like arguments are just opportunities for connection. Oh, also, I feel like a lot of people think that because you're friends, y'all have the same viewpoints and same thoughts. We're, me and Elikom are, like, really opposites. We're, We're really, really opposites. Have, she was, Y'all me, water and fire. No, but literally, to me, it's like, I'm like, damn, this nigga go with this devil advocate shit again. Like, we'll say something, the whole officer agreed, then UG. Actually, <laughs> I, I'm like, damn, nigga, like, rest, rest, <laughs> give us a break. <laughs> because, like, I feel like with a lot of, like, I guess, like, topics that are brought to me that I, like, people are like, oh, I have this side on. I'm the type of person, okay, I'm like, I'm going to try to see it from this side and the other side. And it pisses people off because I never clearly state what is actually my side. She's like, well, think about it like this. I'm like, no, what What do you think? <laughs> you like, I remember there was one time, Eliko was like, shut up. I'm asking you, what do you think? Not what, think about this. She was like, just say it. And I was just like, I'm just not used to saying like, oh, this is what I think. I try to like, I'm really devil's advocate in a lot of things. And that's what people don't, like this idea like, oh, y'all have to have the same opinions or same, agree on the same things. Like, no. She has her side, and I most of the time you never know my side because I never stated. Exactly, that be blowing me. I'm like, <laughs> what do you think? Yes or no? She'd be like, well, maybe <laughs> if you think about it from this way, it could be a no, but at the same time, it could also be a yes. So it's both. <laughs> yeah. So for the sake of time, I want to move the conversation towards growing up African. Mm. So, like for y'all, like how do y'all identify? Do y'all identify as like? african-american just african like what's that um i identify as like ghanian american and it's for me it's difficult sometimes because so my parents didn't teach me my native language and so basically most of like my teenage years have been me like navigating and finding that part of myself because when i was younger so basically my sister was born in japan and so growing up she heard japanese english and the, my parents native languages and so there was a point in time, like, she refused to talk because she was hearing, like, so many different things. And so because of that, my parents didn't want to put it on, like, the rest of us. Which, I mean, I understand where they're coming from. And then also, like, it's harder to, like, assimilate. And they wanted us to, like, do well, I guess. And so, like, I understand why they didn't teach me. But at the same time, it's kind of like I was robbed that part of me. And so, like, me trying to, like, learn that and reclaim, like, I'm a Ghanaian, even though I don't speak Ewer, I don't speak Tree, I don't speak Ga. Or I don't live in Ghana. Like, I'm still just as Ghanaian as everyone else. And so, like, I feel like my path to learning that, especially since I moved to North Carolina, because when I was living in, like, Iowa and Minnesota, I was kind of more, like, immersed in African communities. But when I moved to Greenville, like, I feel like if I wanted to be immersed in an African community, I should have, like, if we had lived in Durham or Charlotte, like, that's where, like, the bigger cities, that's where most of the Africans are. And so I feel like moving to Greenville, there aren't that many Africans, so I wasn't, like, 
constantly immersed in like I guess African community and so it's just like odd navigating that space and like trying to like I know I'm Ghanaian but am I really but at the same time I know I'm not African-American because like I don't have like the, my ancestors don't carry the same history and it's just like where do I belong but, like at the end of the day I know I'm Ghanaian and like I'm proud of my heritage and like I'm trying to learn Ewe and like the steps to taking them but I think like my experience is different because of like where I lived and how disconnected we were from like the general African community my experience was it's actually a lot different. Um, I grew up in Durham, like she was saying. There was a huge community, <laughs> Bull City, baby. Yes. Shout out to my city. <laughs> I grew up in Durham, so there is a huge not only Nigerian community because I am Nigerian. Nigerian community. There's also Igbo people, which is my tribe. What's the correct word to say now? Because somebody tell me tribe is politically. Oh, it's your tribe. It's your tribe. Okay. I don't know, because my Africana studies t- teacher told yeah, me... Yeah, Bronnie told her that the tribe was an incorrect. incorrect... And I was just like, I never heard that. So I was like, I was just thinking about it. I was like, I don't know. Okay, so like, I'm... I... <laughs> like an Austin is grass. Obroni is white. Obroni is white. What would be the correct term there? I don't know. Like she... I'm not going to say my ethnic group. I'm not going to say... Like, I don't know what to say. But like, yeah... Okay, I'm going to say, my tribe is Igbo. So, therefore, there was a huge Igbo community in, in um, Jesus. In Durham. So, first off, my parents don't speak English to me. When, we're, when I talk to them, it's always Igbo. So, that's always what was with me. Um, the parties that I went to were not only Nigerian parties, they were Igbo parties. My grandma... Really, she knew English, but she didn't really speak it well. So you know, like, when if I was gonna talk to her, I had to know how to say something. I don't. Have, so like, I was as fully immersed in Igbo culture as I could be in America. But it's also crazy how like I was that immersed, but I still struggled with identifying who I was because though I was in it, they were always like, "Oh, she's that American version of an Igbo girl," because I was born here. I have an accent. I don't say things the same way. I don't do things the same way. And I'm just hearing her stories. And it's crazy how, like, we both went through this identity, like, struggle, even though she wasn't as immersed. And I really was immersed in the culture. And I was just like, that's kind of crazy to me. To me, that's, like, very interesting because, like, for for the longest time, for what I've read about, like, um, growing up African in pre- preparation to, for this interview, mm-hmm was kind of like speaking to your experience, Uganda, like uh, when an uh, African child like goes home, they're kind of like in Africa. Like there's no America no more. It's just kind of like you're in Africa because like, not Africa per se, but you're in that, you're living by the the values of the community in which they came from in yes. Africa. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So like, that, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. something you want to say, Alcum? I mean, it's just like, I don't know, it's like you have this identity of, like, you have this identity that you exist in the outside world. But when you go home, that shit don't fly. Like, that that person that you are at school, that person, that like, that persona that you mm. carry, like, I can, I'm not gonna say it doesn't fly. Like, my siblings, like, we're all aware that we have, like, these personas, I guess you could say, or, like, values that we, like, personally carry. And, like, we're all aware, like, oh, nigga, I know what you, I know. Yeah. But, like, when it comes to my mom, 
it, it's her house it's her rules like mm-hmm. she she it's like her values and so like certain things that like i do when i'm on camp or like when i'm just not at home like some of that shit it doesn't fly like it's it's gonna at home it, it was literally before we started this interview i've said this interview is gonna go two ways. I'm gonna say some shit, and then my parents will never hear this and they interview. Won't. <laughs> or I'm not gonna say anything, and then I can show it to them. So that like idea of like, oh, there's some things of me that they can see, and then there's some things of me that they can't see. And it's not necessarily like I'm ashamed of those parts of me. It's just that I know where I'm going back to, and you know better. And I know I I don't want to go home and like hate going home. So I'm if it's if I need to stop doing this one thing. Or just like modify this other thing so that when I go home, I feel comfortable in my house. I do it. And I feel like a lot of African kids do that. Like, yeah. you see me on this microphone, I'm cursing. I've been saying a lot of stuff. I don't think my mom has ever heard me curse in my life. Can't relate. Like, I, 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 I don't curse. <laughs> my mama knows. I, I, I think she, because she knows me as a person, how I can get like, I think she knows that I do, but I just never do it in front of her mm. or do it with her, like in a conversation. Yeah. Never gonna happen. And I know also, like, oh, with, like, some of my political views, I know they're very different. And, like, I've just never really stated them to them. Like, I know, like, some of my views on, like, abortion or, like, LGBTQ+, plus, it's not going to match my parents. And I know it. And, like, yeah, if they ask me, I'm going to tell it, but I'm not just going to be, like, out there with it, like, always, like, going to them. And I feel like that's a lot of – it happens a lot in African – like, you – can't really show your parents your full self. Mm-hmm. But then I feel yeah. like at the same time, there's like certain boundaries. I feel like as you as a person, like as you grow up, you're like, I have to do this. Like, I don't know. For example, like I got my second hole. And so to my mom, this is like taboo. She's like in Ghana. They use multiple ear piercings to mark prostitutes. Like she shame me for getting it. But like it's certain shit that like if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. So I don't think it's like completely, I guess, you hide what you can and you do what you need to do in order to survive, like go home and survive to make it back. Mm-hmm. But it's not like completely like I'm a completely 180. I'm a whole different person. Like, yeah, no. it's just like certain parts of your personality and like the persona that you bring and like the energy that you bring when you enter spaces, like, you know, Oh, if I'm, if you're going to a party or something like that, like, Oh, there's going to be this man here. Let me like, when I go in there, you greet the elders, like it's yeah. certain shit. Like, you know, that, you need to flip. Don't be argumentative around like X, Y, and Z because you like this is what you need to do in order to like make it through. Yeah, there's like it's not when I say like you change. It's not like this oh huge dramatic thing. Like you will never even know I was the same person. It's just like you know like when you're in different situations. Like the way you talk to your yeah, boss like, versus your friend. This you code switch. Like things like that. So you you're constantly like changing yourself a little bit because you know the environment that you're in. And that's crazy. Just talking about the ear piercing thing, like. I personally, like, my beliefs, I don't see anything wrong with piercings or tattoos. But when I tell you, when I got my second, I was, I was shaken. I was quickened. <laughs> no, oh my God. Me, literally, I told her I wanted to get my second hole last August. It took me until this September. It took over a year for me to build up the courage to pierce my ears. And now I have to go home. I don't even know what's about to happen. <laughs> like, but, like, I did it. So we're going in there. But, like, it just takes so much courage. To, to do, do something some that you shit. don't think would, like, matter. Right. And up next is the nose piercing. Only God knows what's going to happen. We, after we come back from Thanksgiving, we're going together. We <laughs> y- Y'all getting that nose piercing together? Yes. Yes, we are. We're, we're doing Friendship it. Friendship goals. That's- <laughs> I want to see this now. I want to see how you're going to read I don't. I told my sister, she was just like, if you, because she wanted to get her septum done. And she was just like, 
I can't do it. I don't have to feel. That's, no, right. That's the thing with siblings. Like, so I got my ears pierced, and my sister was like, damn, nigga, if you can do it, I can do it too. <laughs> so then she went out, and like the next day, she got her nose pierced. She was like, if you can do it, man, we about to be in there together. Literally. literally so I, my, when my sister comes back from winter break, she's going to be showing them that set I'm going to be showing them the nose. I don't know how this is going to go. But, and then your sister can always flip up her septum. That's true. She can hide it up. But that nose, to. nope. I can't hide the double hoop now. Oh. I'm about to come through double hoop. Oh, shit. Hoop. Oh, shit. Not the double hoop up, shawty. Double hoop up, shawty. So, like. <laughs> so, like, do y'all feel, like, more free on camp? Just, like, do y'all feel, like, more free? Is the is it kind of, like, because y'all, y'all say, like, terms like survival. So, it's just, like, and, and again, like, I'm pretty sure, like, Y'all homes are great. I ain't trying to say that. I'm just saying, since you said the word survival, I ain't trying to... I mean, now nah, you good. You good. It's good. Now say what you say. Say what you got to say. I'm just saying, like, do y'all feel more free on camp? Just, like, on campus? Just, like... Well, I mean, especially because we go to PWI, no. But, like, I know I feel like I can be my full, authentic self, like... My full, authentic, like, black-ass, Ghanaian, like... Just my full self can always be in the room, even if it makes people uncomfortable. But I don't feel like I'm allowed that same access, like to bring my full self and make my mother uncomfortable. If that makes sense, I feel like also it's a little different for me because, like, like I said, I'm from Durham, NC State's just in Raleigh, so like it's not too far from my house. So I do know a lot of people that are still who are from Raleigh. So like, yeah, I'm more open when I'm not at home. But like, if oh, if I go to a party or I'm going to this event. It's very likely I'm gonna see somebody I already knew who knows my parents. So like it's a little more freeing, but like I'm never really fully able to be myself because as a, she said, I'm a, at a PWI. People get intimidated. So like what's the like what's the kind of like the Ghanaian and like Nigerian experience as like Nigerian like student experience? Like what is the experience like to be on this PWI? as like not as African Americans but as like Ghanaians and like Nigerians. I feel like it's weird because when you people don't know that like black people can also be immigrants. And so when I enter spaces like I'm in my full black self and so like I mean I always enter the room in my full black self but like you can't look and be like, oh she's Ghanaian. And so I I hear a lot of things. Like they'll talk about immigrants or like like speaking foreign language and like how first gen kids are weird and like stuff like that and I'm like oh I'm a first gen kid and they're like what really and like so it's like it's kind of it's you're trying to find yourself being a minority within a minority yes so like yeah I could like kind of relate to uh, black people on campus but at the same time I'm not them it's different for me because I, I have another perspective that they don't have because I am Nigerian or as she said she's Ghanaian yeah, so I just think it's, like, when I enter spaces, like, I'm perceived as black, and, like, that's it. And so people aren't always aware of, like, the identities that people carry when they bring into the room. So that's why I was saying, like, you never know what anybody's going to say to you. So they look at you like, oh, it's just this nigga here. And they start to like, like, different languages and, like, immigrants. And, like, they feel like to them this is a safe space to spew the shit that they've been holding up. And little did they know, like, I'm a child of immigrants. And they would never think that upon looking at me. So, like... Just navigating that is kind of odd at times because you never can truly know what is a safe space. Like, you might think this is your homie, that's your nigga, that's your bro, and he says some shit about immigrants, and they're like, Elikum, do you agree with that? And I'm like, why the fuck would I even, like... They say some 
dumb shit sometimes. Some dumb shit. And like some it takes you aback because you feel like, oh, this is a this is a black person. I can talk to this person. I can relate to this person. And then they say some stupid shit and it just re- makes you realize, hold up. We're not all the same. Yeah. Like I thought we were. But then I mean also specifically with me, like being Ghanaian and like so my dad is Ashanti and my mom's Ewe. And so Ashanti people like they're directly linked to Kente Cloth. Those are different tribes. Yeah, they're two different tribes. And so, like, the conversation with black people on campus and, like, regards to Kente and how, like, it's just worn as African prints and as a garment and things like that. Like, I've had Can we to, talk like, about waist beads? Yeah, we, or, like, should. waist beads. Like, niggas, this... this <laughs> like, like, this can we talk a, about waist beads? This is not a conversation that, like, has ever... Okay. <laughs> go, go off, go off. Like, okay, here's my thing. Waist beads are not meant to be seen. You wear, like, you, oh, I just got some jewelry, and then you wear it over your clothes. Like, but if I see you, like, outside, and your waist beads over your clothes, you're a fucking bush girl, and that's some shit I'm a fucking standby. Like, I don't care. That's bush as fuck. And, like, okay, bush just means ghetto, like, in other terms. Yeah. But, like, that's bush behavior. Like, mm. you don't even know what the colors mean. You don't know what you're prophesying, especially, like, where waist beads are. You're prophesying certain shit over your fucking woman. You don't even know what those colors mean. Yeah. You don't know what you're speaking into your life and the power that that shit can hold. And, like, People don't like certain combinations. You can be cursing yourself and you don't Literally. even know about it. You just think it's some cute jewelry that you're wearing and you're going to show the little niggas that you got a little waist on you. No. Especially when you buy it from someone who isn't African and they just made it for fun. They just put a, they could literally have cursed your life because when those colors combine, because like, I don't know, for my tribe, you're not supposed to mix certain colors and certain things. And that's what that means. So for you to be wearing that, you don't know what you just put over yourself. And you're wearing it every day and you're showing it off. And you're thinking it's something to be proud. Come to find out, you just put some negative on your life and you don't even know it. And on Tribal Mark. Do not get me fucking started on Tribal Mark. Stop writing shit on your fucking face with white paint. Yes. Thinking you doing something yes. cute. Yes. No. Each thing has a symbol and each thing has a meaning. You writing stupid shit and saying literally <laughs> kill me on your face. And you think I'm not going to say yes, some shit yes, to right? you? You people are writing nonsense and garbage. And you want me to just sit here and let you do it. Like, well, what kind of nonsense is that? Like, what's going on? Jesus. Putting dots on your face and wearing your dashiki does not mean you're going back to the motherland. You're stupid. Talk to some real ass niggas, and we gonna let you know how you can take the pathway there. If you if you walk into Nigeria with your stupid white dot and a dashiki, hey, they will fucking hey, send you back. Hey. They will send. You, come on, hey. get this get, 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 get out of here. What, 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 what are you doing here? here? Hey. <laughs> Girl, it's an epidemic. I'm being real. <laughs> it's, it's a damn <laughs> epidemic, and it's sad as hell when I see the uh, niggas out there looking like that. I asked somebody. I was just like. Oh, girl, do you know what that cloth is that you're wearing? She said, oh, some African print. I said, okay, do you know where that's from? She no. said, what do you mean? It's from Africa. Where? Bitches, that was. I said, where? Where, which country is where? it from? I'll wait. Did she know? But what, that, what do the colors mean? What do the patterns mean? I remember. I don't what know. What is the history behind Kente cloth? Literally. Can you even spell Kente? <laughs> Dumb bitches. No. Oh, spell I'm, it right now. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> they be like, oh, this bitch out. they say PQ. Oh, be, no, 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 no. They be stuttering. Oh, like, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, God. Um, it's, it's crazy. Like, ignorance is not like a secular thing. And that's what people have to realize. Like, at the, I feel like a lot of times in the black community, growing up, I identify as African American, even though I have Ghana in me. My great grandfather, my grandfather was Ghana. But at the end of the day, I grew up around African Americans. My mother identifies as African-American. She didn't really claim that at first because she didn't really know that much. And then, you know, we had my godmother, 
her like my little cousins or whatever so like i gotta got i got put on in a sense but like really late in the game so like they be speaking tree and i know they're talking shit like i know they're talking shit i know it i know it i don't give a fuck because i know it so like whenever they whenever they do like i'm just like all right so i just gotta wait it out and you know talking about you know they change shit having another language is one of the best things in the fucking world bro when i tell you you just like or just like when i say like slight things not even like a whole nother like like what people speak in Nigeria is like pidgin English. Pidgin English is just like, oh, it's like broken English. It's like you can tell that they're speaking some words of English, but it's like been mixed with different cultural things. And just like me and Elika, we be saying, you know how she just said a brony right there. Like we knew what she was talking about. So like we are able to have this secret weapon where we can like talk to each other and we can just talk to each other and know like it's not other people who can hear what we're saying. And we just have the, the ability to say shit. And like... They know we're speaking English, but it's not the English that they know. So exactly. they be looking like, huh? Because they be picking out some of it. Because, you know, every time I speak Pigeon, they be like, wait, what did you just say? They what did like, you just say? Do your do I do do my So it's actually called Pigeon English? Oh, yeah. yeah. Pigeon English is actually a broader term for, like, a l- language that's mixed with English and a native language. So it's a lot of different countries have different Pigeon Englishes. It's just, like, I guess because Ghana and um, Nigeria were colonized by... Um, Britain, our pidgin English. is kind of yeah, it's kind of similar. Similar, so we can like understand each other. But I know like there's pidgin English like from I guess Tanzania or like South Africa. Like I wouldn't be able to understand everything that they're saying. But okay. even like, mm-hmm. even like other countries like mm-hmm. in Europe, they still have their own form of pidgin English. As yeah. Well. Mhm. Yeah, it's crazy. Um. So I had a question. <clears throat> I I hope this this question won't be as controversial as I've seen it been mm-hmm. before. But um, on the topic of jollof rice, do not get me fucking started with that shit, don't, man. Don't, don't, don't even, don't even. There's a simple answer to this question. No, there is not. There's a simple like, answer. Like, Please, like. I had to take off my sweater because when I know what I'm about to say. August 26, 2019, BBC News. Nigeria carry last for jollof competition. Because the competition win. was the one who has the worst Ghana j- jollof. So Nigeria had to be last because we had the best. I don't care what you say. Ghana finished Nigeria for jollof competition after 20 Who was the judges? Who was the judges? Who was the judges? If these are brony people, you get back. Make your, you carry your point somewhere. The final results was they were shitting for 90, days. 95%. <laughs> Nigeria Jollof 75. Oh, no, 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 no. She thinks so she's quoting something. She thinks she's doing this? something right now. The judges, there's one judge from Ghana, one judge from Nigeria, and then one good judge from South Africa, and all three of them voted for the Ghanaian Jollof. Can we say something that I feel like a lot of people don't know? This this conversation is like, oh, if it's Nigerian or Ghanaian Jollof, you know, Jollof wasn't even started by any of those two and, countries. And it won't, and it it's so funny. And then every time the original country tries to come in, we say, "Come on, get out!" So you're not even one of the main competitors in this thing. And it's crazy how the minute you said Jollof, I already knew what you were gonna say, and I was ready to fight for Nigeria when it comes to their food. But when I was thinking about, it, I was just like, "Can you imagine? I've never even considered the other countries that have theirs." No, sometimes who was it? It was somebody. He from Senegal. He was talking about Jollof. I said, "Boy, you gonna shower up right now?" <laughs> exactly. But I, with that being said, I'll be like, "Oh, you see what I was saying? I have a, a, a yeah. devil's advocate." I'm about to say like, "Oh, I've tried Ghanaian Jollof that I actually really like." I've tried Nigerian Jollof that I like. But if you ask me, 
I'm never gonna make that shit. So you better quote this. You better replay <laughs> this. I'm never gonna make that shit again. Literally, literally. I, if you ask me which one is better, I will say Nigerian jollof. What up? It doesn't matter because they be yeah oh yeah. I said it was good. And what about it? Did I say it was the best? No, please. I just had it recently. It was straight, but like it ain't hitting on shit that my cousins be having. So. I'm gonna just make this clear. I almost got into an argument with my roommate because of this shit. We all, I, yes, we have <laughs> like and then Ope bitch ass. Oh. Really, yeah, I say it. If you hear it, this is what it is. <laughs> got me mad as hell in the car. Told myself that Nigerian girl off is better than I got the angel off. And y'all I, and then had the good one of, our, one of my shit. friends, like he didn't know, so like he was like he was like. It was like it was weird because we were arguing about that, but we were collectively laughing and like mm-hmm. trying to communicate him on like how to say it. Like, no, it's chill off. <laughs> you what's gotta the, what's say the way it. they say it? What's the way they say it? American people when they try to say Joe Loff. Joe Loff. Joe Loff. Joe Loff. Joe Loff. Get the See, fuck be, up out of like, here. Can I, can I get some Joe Loff? Can I get some Joe Loff, please? Can you get a fucking <laughs> enunciation, please? <laughs> You know their voices be getting high, they be getting shaky because they don't know how to say it correctly. They're scared. They don't want to because get, if they say they it incorrectly no to Mir Elikum, we jumping on your ass. Whoa! Speak for yourself. I'm not gonna jump on nobody because I don't have to pronounce nothing. Yeah, for Ghana, they said Ghana wrong. Oh, I ain't gonna lie, cause in the class of the day, nigga that's said, what I'm not talking about the Jalal. Like, I'm talking Diana. about Diana, and I said, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I said, what country are you talking about? He said. People from Ghana. I said, huh? Are are you sure? He said, yeah. The uh, Guyana people. I said, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm not talking country. about the jello. I'm talking about when people say the, my country wrong. But I mean, it all depends. Like, if you're just genuinely interested and we're just having a conversation, yeah. I'm going to jump on you. But he was acting like he was spitting facts. Was like, <laughs> you can't even say the country right. Like, what are you talking about right now? Can we talk about how the fact that um, our Africana studies teachers have pronounced so many things wrong that you can't even respect what they have to say at times? Yeah. It's crazy, like I, because my major is Africana studies, and I'm minor. taking. Sorry, yes, my minor, my minor is Africana studies, and my teacher, uh, the class I'm in is in West Africa, and I'm from West Africa, so I'm very, I've done a lot of research, I'm very informed on West Africa. So when she says shit incorrectly, and you expect me to sit there and listen to how she pronounce I'm Nigeria, pick? how she pronounce Nigeria, run it back, run it back for him. <sighs> so you know how there's Nigeria and Niger, Niger, Niger. No. Let's just say she mixed them. It was so bad. And like simple things that you should know. Like, does does everyone, y'all know, like, have you heard of Fela Kuti? Fela, like the musician? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fela Fela Kuti. Kuti. You know it's Fela Kuti. She said Feli. Like the fucking shoe. Them Felas. Them chunky Felas. I said, are you dumb or are you just stupid? And like, keep in mind, this was like the first week of class. And from that day, I have I can't take a damn thing she says serious. And it's just like, it's kind of, I'm just thinking about it. She's trying to burn the damn studio. I don't get it. why you ain't trying to light no fucking fire in the fucking studio. Just relax. Keep talking, big dog. Oh, oh, what I was trying to say <laughs> is that it's really, like, I guess because I have knowledge on this topic, but I'm genuinely just nervous for people who don't have any idea of this, of West Africa or Africa in general. To be learning from these people who don't even know how to pronunciate things. So I'm just like, did you really take the time to research these things that you're teaching us about? No. And that's when I found out my teacher didn't even fucking study West Africa and she's teaching West Africa. 
But it's like that with a lot of the professors. Like, my professor, I'm also minoring in Africana studies. Her concentration in school was, like, like you know, Northern Africa, specifically Egypt. Mm. She's teaching the history of West and South Africa. And, like, we've had discussions in, I mean, yeah, East and South Africa. <laughs> my bad. But, like, we've had discussions in class, and she's like, I just try to educate myself as much as I can, and I know that, like, I will never know as much as someone who, like, this was their main focus while they're in school. And she's like, additionally, there's not enough people, like, in academia who actually care about this topic to, like, split it up in that way. Because most people, when you think of Africa, like, everyone's like, oh, the Egyptians, ancient Egypt. Like, that's always where the fascination is. It's never really, like, sub-Saharan Africa. And so a lot of times, departments, they don't have enough people to, like, I just like mm-hmm. I get one professor who's like specializing mm-hmm. like in West Africa, a professor who's specializing in East Africa. Yeah. And so like that's just the way that it is. And I was just like crazy because when I found that out about my teacher, I was just like, this just plays into the idea that Africa is all the same. That if you know about one part, you can teach about the other part, mm-hmm. which is so untrue. Africa is one of the most diverse place is the most diverse place on on earth like there's so many ethnic groups so many languages so many different types of food the people don't even look the same have you seen like someone from northern africa versus west africa for you to think that we're fucking neighbors like country-wise they wouldn't know that because they don't know that africa is so different and my thing is like if this was think about it like someone who learned genetics is not going to be teaching me about fucking chemistry but it's science right it's under the same category science is science so why is it that they're will- not? They won't do that for a science, but when it comes to Africa, they're willing to do something like that. I think it's also we live we in a STEM school, and they, in general, don't respect the humanities. Right, they don't yeah. have enough funding as it yeah. is. But it's especially disrespectful because, like, usually when they disrespect the humanities, it's like the, like it's programs like Africana studies. I even say international studies, like, and women and gender studies that kind of bear the brunt of that disrespect because I like, usually like we're the ones to lose funding, even though we're doing the most important work of getting people to understand each other. Yeah. And I like one thing is like, I'm saying all that I'm complaining, but I give props to state for even having an Africana studies program. I know, I know, I my I know my sister, she does, she goes to rice. She doesn't have an Africana minor or something like that. So like, the fact that NC State even has this program, I am grateful because they made an effort to show. But I'm also like, if you're going to do it, do it right. And I feel like they don't care enough to do it right, if that makes sense. No, nah, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. So we all agree. Ghanaian and Joel of Rice. It's better. Thank you. You confused. You confused. It's okay. You, you, haven't, tri- you haven't tried the good sheets. You haven't the tried vote. the good sheets. You, it's okay, guys. You keep eating rubbish and nonsense. Do you not? It was ninety five percent a Nigerian Okay, so one person, voted. some person came and, uh, and did nonsense a, on that a competition. And you want me to clap for you? Somebody clap voted. for them. Yeah, they did nonsense there, and they want me to go with the votes. You made me sick sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to go with the votes? I love you, but you made me sick. <laughs> oh my gosh. Mm. It's okay. No skin pain. No skin pain. <laughs> It's pretty be blue. It's pretty be blue. It's pretty be blue. It's pretty be black. <laughs> if you know me, those are the two things I say the most. No, it's killing, it's killing me. E-R, it's, it's killing, killing me. E-R. E-R. <laughs> oh my god. 
I gotta deal with this stuff. <laughs> all the time. If I, if only you all knew what it was that I was actually saying. It's crazy. Oh my god! <laughs> I love how we just broke and we just started saying shit. <laughs> <sighs> so, um, for the people, like, would y'all like to see a, like Elika from Uganda podcast? Like, is that? I mean, of course. Come well, on, I know have, y'all want we it. We always have shit to talk about, and the people love it. Yes. I think we're quite entertaining as a duo, even as singular human beings. We together, it's gas, like literally, it's gas, yes. straight gas. It's guns, <laughs> like smoking guns. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? With that type of shit, y'all. If you know me, you just get used to me saying random shit. You do and random nonsense, and you'll you never do. know what I mean. Like you don't know what skin pain is. It's okay. You're not gonna know. But if you join, if you listen to our podcast, you may figure out. <laughs> so. I really chose y'all as my friends. That's crazy. <laughs> okay. Actually, we chose you. Oh, oh Lord. Right. Oh, right. Lord. Say what you want to say. say oh, what you Lord. Say. Oh, I stand for what I believe in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, oh Lord. Well, actually, let us know because if we're trying to start something, if that's what y'all want, let us know. I mean, the studio's open and available. Is it? Y'all, y'all got to pay. They, uh, there can't be an Austin Milan podcast. There can't be. Yo, Nobody wants to listen to that. No offense, but full offense. Why no would offense? you say no offense? Don't <laughs> say I want to offend you. Come, but you took the mic. You just, you, you got to wait. You got you have to wait. Just wait. Just get, let me talk. Let me say what I have let, to let say. Let him say what he got to say. Anyway, so let me, I think. Let me sweet talk him a little bit. You know what? No. Nah, <laughs> oh, you made me sick. What did you I'm do? I'm so sick of Is you. Is my phone dead? It, oh, okay. I'm so sick of you. <sighs> All right. Anyway, I just want to know how y'all days been going. There you go. Oh, Can my you just be God. quiet? Can you just be quiet? Please know that. Ladies, this is how we're going to try to get favored. you. And if Austin comes up to you asking how your day went, dub him. You don't have to talk to him. You have to stop! pay him. Stop! Elico, stop! Elico, stop! Every time I come, it's always something for everybody. But you know what? Fuck y'all and y'all day. Elico is literally trying to burn this place down. Can you please put the lighter down? What's wrong with you? Literally, I put my lighter outside like a normal human being. And this bitch here is... I just don't understand. Oh, I'm... Let me have the good. Oh, yeah, we're very okay. busy people, if you know what I mean. We run a tight ship around here. And as always, Newbie Message covers most of the events that we can. So you catch us tonight. We're going to try to get some video. You don't know when he's releasing this. And some social media content of the probates in the upcoming week. We cover as much as we can. Oh, also, f- reach out to Nubian for, like, all the events you are having. We we could send people there. We could write about it. Or we have a community calendar. If you want your event on our community calendar, just email us and let us know. We're trying to be involved. Like, if y'all want us to know about it, let us know. Yeah. And if you need us to pub your event flyers, if you send it to us the Monday of the week that your event is occurring, we will post it on our What's Happening This Week. I do it every Monday. Just DM us on Instagram at newbie message. What's going on, ASU? What do you mean? Yeah, what do you mean? What are you asking us? You mean like our next meeting or mm-hmm. like what are we doing? The next ASU meeting is on Sunday at 7 p.m. in Tally something. 
oh, it's every third Sunday, but of the month, yes. yes. Every third Sunday. This Sunday specifically, it's like a mini taste of Africa. We're gonna have lots of food. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be good time, good vibes, of course. John, um, when are you releasing this? Like next week. So this event has already passed. Yes, the event has already happened. Though we're sorry you missed it, but but if, if y'all follow, keep up with us, we could be we're gonna have another one. Yes, we'll have another one on next semester. Mm-hmm. And watch out for our African night, okay? Also, always pay attention to Botewa, the Bo, Bo, African Bo, Bo, dance on campus. We don't get enough recognition, but I best believe that we're here. Please, and yes. You start opening your eyes. Okay. Yes. So I personally seen them at the the ASU pageant, and y'all killed it. Thank you. We always come with that pressure. Thank Nothing you. but gas, okay? We don't come with no mid, none of that shit, no. Yes. If Botay was in the room, gas. Yes, period. What's that shit y'all say? Menstrual. <laughs> no tampon. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That is na- <laughs> Yeah, that's nasty, and we said it. <laughs> that's crazy. <sighs> so, that, that was an incredible uh, podcast episode. This is number... I don't even know what number is like number nine. So we catch y'all. I think this is the season finale for the Sean So Box. So we'll catch y'all next season. Yes, sir. Bye. Bye. I enjoy my time. I ain't none of this nigga ain't said I enjoy my time. I you see how we got a little, I barely got he got a little talk. <laughs> That's crazy. You weren't supposed to be you here. Are, yes. <laughs> what do you mean? Hey, uh, Goddamn. Let's talk about how cool I am. I let this man come into the studio. I Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, why are you, why are you doing this? That's that grace of God, Larry. You better thank him. You was in the right time at the thank right you. place. All right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> Pack your shit up. Uh, so season one is in the books. It is finished. It is done. And I'm so happy, not that it is, that it's done, that you get to have this episode, this great season finale. Thank you to my guests. They were amazing. They were amazing. Had amazing energy. We had an amazing conversation. And thank you to all my previous guests. Like, thank you for coming through. It's been an amazing season. I've learned so much during this season. You do not know the half of it. And I just want to just take this time to thank the audience thank the listeners for coming through thank y'all especially y'all the reason why i do this i just want to make the best show possible so season two is coming uh next year 2020 is going to be great and i'm so excited uh check your social media feeds as more news comes out of one episodes and of course like the guests and everything coming through i mean the people coming through so yeah keep it locked in Again, this has been the Sean Soapbox with your boy Quay, a.k.a. DJ Quay, a.k.a. Sean Fedrick, as most people know me, a.k.a. your girl's favorite podcaster. <laughs> I'm just joking. But keep it locked in, man. We're going to keep it popping. Like, 2020 is coming, and it's coming soon. And I can't wait to see y'all. I mean, I can't wait, y'all, I can't wait for y'all to hear me in 2020. All right. I'm out. <laughs>